Joe Long, come on up here. As he comes, two really important milestones in Joe's life this week. One is that he finished his 100th Peloton ride. That's exciting, okay? And he also won the Euchre tournament last night. Kicked everybody's butt. Good job, Joe. Thank you, I was hoping you would talk about that. Good morning, everybody. Man, good morning. We're still getting used to a morning rhythm a little bit here, aren't we? Oh man, you guys, this is gonna be a lot of fun because I really love to talk to you. Um, if we haven't met yet, my name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors here at Vineyard Covington. And um, to get us started today, I am just going to dig right into the Bible. You heard of it? Um, and I'm going to read Luke 18. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. It will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. He will, keep, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Prayer's pretty important. I think we're focusing on it today, and it just makes my heart sing a little bit. I really feel like God has put that on my heart, and it's something that I kind of was aware of and familiar with for a really long time, but have learned a lot about in the past few years. Um, and... So today, I want to talk about prayer. Shocker. Whoop. That was close. I want to talk about prayer, um, but I want to do it within the lens of something that our leadership team has been talking about as we focus on 2023, the city of Covington, and beyond. So let me just give you a really quick idea of, of what that means. Um, basically, we have this like big idea for this church. And the big idea is that we would have a bunch of interconnected pockets, or as we call them, hot pockets, because who doesn't love hot pockets? Interconnected, Jesse doesn't love them. Interconnected web of pockets of people throughout Covington that are loving each other and loving Jesus. And that feels pretty big, right? And we've kind of seen this begin to happen in the Wallace Woods neighborhood here in Covington, which has been really cool. And so as a leadership team, we just felt like God was kind of like nudging us to the next neighborhood. Who knows how many neighborhoods are in Covington? Kathy, great job. You should win a book. If I had a book, I would give you a book. Because not everybody knows that. There are 19 distinct neighborhoods in our city. And this year, the neighborhood that we are focusing on is called Austinburg. Can we put that slide up, a little map? You won't get to see this too close, but anyway, the pink area is Austinburg. 
Did you know there was a, a neighborhood called Austinburg? I know you did, Kathy. Um, it, it's um, just north of Wallace Woods. You see Wallace Woods down there at the bottom. Pieselburg over here. Uh, Helentown a little further north. And um, there's a lot of great things in this neighborhood, including my house. You guys. I know. Isn't that great? We also, we go all the way up to the Licking River over there. Austinburg Neighborhood Park is, is up towards the top. Uh, Sixth District School is embedded right in the middle of that. And there's a lot of goodness in this neighborhood, in all the neighborhoods in Covington. But this is how we wanted to summarize what we feel like God was inviting us into this year. That one more person starts life with Jesus because we establish a missional outpost in Austinburg with a consistent, intentional presence. With a consistent, intentional presence. So today, like, if you're part of this family already, you really want to pay attention. And if you're not, you're visiting us, I think there's a lot of good things that you're going to get from this as well, okay? So, I love that beginning of that phrase, one more person one more because it's simple and yet it's kind of never-ending right we're saying we want one more person because when that one person does say yes to Jesus then we're gonna ask for one more sometimes I'm tempted to be like well, can we just go for like 200 like that'd be great you know we want we care a lot about this thing this way that we're following Jesus, and we feel like there's a lot of amazing stuff within it. And so we love when people join in. But that one more mentality, which, by the way, I totally stole from the Miami Vineyard because they created it, and I just love it. But does that make sense, the one more thing? Great. So as we began to talk about how to step into that, it became really, really obvious that in order for us to do that well, Prayer had to be at the center of it, like Grant was saying earlier. We knew that nothing powerful in the kingdom of God throughout history has ever happened without prayer. <laughs> nothing important has ever happened without prayer being usually at the beginning and in the middle and in the end, but definitely at the center of what is happening. And so I have a, uh, put the next slide up if you would, please, a quote. I love this quote. I love it. Richard Foster says, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. Anybody love people? Have you realized maybe that, the, that what you want to give them, you can't do it all on your own? <laughs> and this leads us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. In an ongoing work of the kingdom of God, nothing is more important than intercessory prayer. Big words, Rich, right? But if we want to join the ongoing work of the kingdom of God, we need to believe that. We need to step into that. We need to understand that. And I think maybe it's a good idea to pray right now. So, Lord, would you come and rest on this place? I thank you for what you're doing here in worship. Pray that you would continue to open hearts and minds and ears as we uh, go through this. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You guys are so quiet.
and polite. Hey, I want to talk more about that statement, the one more statement, okay? And I want to focus in on two specific words, and they're the words at the end of that statement, and the words are consistent and intentional, okay? What does it mean to be consistent and intentional when it comes to prayer? Like, you have a pretty good idea of what those words mean, right? Okay, we'll go over it, but, you know. But what does it mean as we look at those words through the lens of prayer? So let's start with intentional. So uh, intentional basically just means done on purpose, deliberate, planned, right? So within prayer, this is another quote. I'm a quote machine, y'all. Uh, John Dalrymple, and uh, this, is, this gets me a little bit. The truth is, is that we only learn to pray all the time everywhere after we have resolutely set about praying some of the time somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I have been that type of person that's like, well, I'm just praying all the time. You know, just this is always happening. And, and by the way, that's true and awesome. <laughs> and yet, we need to have times in our life, in our days, in our rhythms, in our weeks, where that's the only thing that we're doing. Where we are just like getting in the prayer room on Monday morning on Zoom and sharing our hearts with other people or whether we're taking some time and getting as far away from the chaos as is possible, because <laughs> sometimes it's hard, and focusing on listening God, to God and crying out to him. It's being intentional. Those are the times when we shut out the world and stand in the gap. Have you ever heard that phrase, stand in the gap? Biblically, it really just means that we are standing between God and people. And it's on the behalf of people, for the people. And we're calling out to God. We're like, God, help this person. Help my friend. Help my neighbor. They need you. Help them. I can only do so much. I need you to step in and help them. We stand in that gap. And without us in the gap, it's like a dam with a hole in it. <laughs> and just water rushes through. So we do that intentionally. And here, here's an important thing to mention. There are people in your life that are praying for you and have prayed for you with intention, on purpose. Some of you wouldn't be sitting here if not for that, if people hadn't been praying for you. As we say sometimes in this family, somebody prayed you in. <laughs> maybe it was a grandmother, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a coworker. Who knows, people are praying for you with intention. So what about the word consistent? Well, this is one of my favorite words, friends. <laughs> Those of you that know me know this. It's meant something that is done in the same way over time. It's marked by regularity, continuity. It's free from variation or contradiction. My wife's just smiling and nodding going like this. You guys, I eat the same breakfast every day. It's true. This is just who I am. I found what I like, and that's what I do. I don't know why this is a problem. <laughs> it is consistent, though, isn't it? It is consistent. So what about consistency in prayer? Well, there's a really great story I want to tell you. And maybe you've heard it. That's all right. It's worth telling again. Some of you have probably heard of a guy named D.L. Moody, who was an evangelist in the early 1800s. Um, but before he was an evangelist, he was a shoe salesman with a fifth grade education. 
But he had such a significant impact on his generation and on people that he spoke to. He spoke to thousands of people as a preacher over time. And so many people stepped up and entered into life with Jesus as a result of his teaching and his preaching and his consistency. But what was his real secret? Can anybody guess? Prayer. Prayer. How did you know? Prayer was his secret. A life of prayer. And in a story that I'll never get tired of, it's been said that he used to walk around every day of his adult life with a, with a piece of paper with a hundred names on it. And it was a list of people that he knew that did not have life with Jesus yet. And he would pray for them every day, consistently, day in, day out. Maybe he was on the train and he pulled out the list. Maybe he was having a coffee. I don't know what it looked like, but he did this consistently. And by the time he passed away, 96, 96 of those names had come to Jesus. That's a pretty good batting average. 96%. It gets better. You're, you're asking, how does it get better? Well, here's, the, here's how. At his funeral, the four people on the list that had not given their lives to Jesus were so moved by the ceremony, by his funeral, that they, independent of each other, gave their lives to Jesus. <laughs> right? How does that make you feel when you hear that? lot of things. It gets me excited, right? Like, first of all, I'm like, yeah, all right, get my list. Let's go. I'm going to write down some people's names. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to put it in my pocket, whatever it looks like, right? Let's do this. And I've done that. Maybe not a hundred. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. I got five, <laughs> you know? And then I get tired. And then I forget. <laughs> and then I don't see the results that I hope to see in the timing I hope to see them, you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, what about that list thing? What about that D.L. Moody story? It's hard, you guys. Being consistent is tough, especially when it comes to prayer. It is not easy. But people like D.L. Moody just keep showing up. People in your life kept showing up and praying. The people that prayed you in, people that are praying for you still. And by the way, it's because they love you so much. They love you so much. They don't want to coerce you into something that you don't want. They just love you. And they're standing in the gap for you. So if we want one more person to start life with Jesus, that consistency is essential and like I said, difficult. And so I was thinking about those words, right? Intentional, consistent. And I'm not going to change our vision statement, but I am going to add a word this morning. And this is an important word too. The word is persistent. And so I was like, okay, persistent. I, I, I kind of have an idea with that. What's the difference between consistent and persistent? And the key difference is really that to be persistent is carrying on or it's con being consistent in spite of difficulty, when things are hard. And didn't we just say that this is not easy? It's being persistent is carrying on. 
when we don't see the results that we get, when we forget, when we get tired, we keep showing up, we go back and dust off the list, right? And so I want to go back to Luke 18 that I read at the beginning and dig into this just a little bit. Uh, We're going to have it on the screen this time. In case I did too fast for you the first time. Um, So Luke 18 is Jesus talking to his disciples. Uh, It's a parable. Jesus told a lot of stories, a lot of parables, right? And at the very beginning, it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That they should always pray and not give up. This is one of the few parables that Jesus tells where he tells you what it means before he tells the story. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like a lot of his parables, it's like, well, if you got ears, let them hear. And people are like, oh, what? (laughs) Or there's this riddle and the people closest to him were like, Lord, we don't understand. But this one, he goes, this is what this means (laughs) before he even starts. And he says to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Or other translations say, not lose heart. I don't know about you, but there have been some times in my prayer life where I haven't given up, but I've lost heart. My heart's not in it anymore. I'm just like, okay, let's go through the motions here. This is what I'm supposed to do, right? Verse 2, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So quick note here. This is a bad dude that we're going to be talking about. I mean, he did not fear God or care what people thought. He just is, is, we're setting him up to be the villain here, aren't we? He is. It's like, it's not a good person from this description. But this widow keeps showing up with her list of 100 names. (laughs) She keeps showing up for her friend who she cares about. She keeps showing up even when she's not seeing the results that she wants in her neighborhood or in her school. And for a time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think yet, because this widow keeps bugging me or bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so she won't come and attack me. This widow is pretty serious, y'all. I mean, she's ready to attack people if she doesn't get what she wants. In the message, it says something like, uh, she's going to make me black and blue. (laughs) Right? So this is a serious, persistent person. And she wears him down and gets what she wants. And then Jesus steps back into the story out of the parable. And says, listen to what the judge, the unjust judge says. And will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So basically, it's one of those instances in the Bible where Jesus is saying, like, look at this example where good stuff happens. How much more is your father in heaven going to give you compared to this jerk? How much more is he willing to grant you justice for what you want? And and I just want to, like, touch on really quick. Like, you guys know a life of prayer does not mean a life of getting everything you want, right? 
right? And so sometimes when I read passages like, like this, I'm like, well, if I'm just intentional and consistent, everything will happen. That's just not the world that we live in right now. It's just not where we're at today. I wish it was. But, but, God does step in. God does give us justice. He does answer our prayers a lot. So, here's, here's another thing that's really important. These prayers that we're praying often feel way bigger than we can even muster, like that we can't even step into. We just think, this is such a big thing. Like, what is my little five minutes? How does that even matter? And I'm here to remind you that, like, in our city, in Covington, our prayers are difficult. I'm not saying they're easy in other cities, but, man, this is a hurting city. There's a ton of hurting people in our city. I love this quote from N.T. Wright that will come up next. It says, the Christian vocation or job is to be in prayer, in the spirit, at the place the world is in pain. Are there any places of pain that you can think of around you? Whether you're here in Covington or, or somewhere else. Our city is beautiful and amazing, and yet so many of our neighbors in, are in pain right now. They're depressed. They're suicidal. They don't know how to handle this day that's in front of them right now. And I heard this example. It's heartbreaking. But the school in the middle of Austinburg, 6th District Elementary, which some of your kids attend, and that we're familiar with. We did a block party there last summer. It's part of what we're leaning into this year. 93 of the children that attend that school are currently homeless. That's like a third of the kids that go there don't have a place to call home permanently right now. Proximity to pain lends credibility and power to our prayers. Your prayer is powerful no matter what, especially with intention and with consistency. But being close to things that are painful, there's something about it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I think it's harder for me to pray for the third world country and the people that are suffering there unless I actually go there. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is different than that video. (laughs) I can feel this. I'm having experiences here. These are the experiences we have in our city. We hear from the administrators at that school and from the neighbors and from you about the reality of this pain. Some good news to mention, in addition to that song, (laughs) is 1 John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Just in case all that difficult news was getting you feeling a little less confident. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. It doesn't say it all happens, but it says he hears us. He hears us. When you pray, he hears you. Basically, it's just reminding us that he's alive and active, right? 
So I want to talk about our plan a little bit because I'm a planner, guys. We said, if we're going to do this one more thing in this city this year, we have to have some sort of plan, right? And a question that we've been challenging ourselves with as a leadership team is, when we're doing anything, what's the prayer plan for that thing? Like we're going to throw a party in the park. What's the prayer plan? We're going to start a new house group. What's the prayer plan? And it applies to this as well, and it helps us get started. So here's three things I want to mention about prayer. Um, I don't have a slide for this. I don't know why I'm looking at the screen. Here they are. Ready? The first thing you already heard about, it's our prayer room. Monday mornings at 7 a.m. online, we spend time in intercession, which just means praying for people and things. And once a month, we're going to pray specifically for the Austinburg neighborhood. We have other themes throughout the month that we get into and out of, like praying the Psalms or prayer for revival or whatever, but this is a prayer for Austinburg. And we started last week doing this, praying for 6th District Elementary, the, the teachers, the students, and the parents. And I got to tell you, it was pretty powerful. Also, maybe you remember this, but if you don't, it's easy to explain. Last fall, before we ran our Alpha course, we decided and we're like, you know what, it's really important that we pray together as a group of people, but we can't always be in the same room. So what if we decided to pray for the same thing at the same time every day? And we called it one at one prayer. So it just is basically one o'clock every day for one minute. One minute. You pray for this Austinburg thing, for one more person to start life with Jesus. So, you know, set a little alarm on your phone. I'm going to commit to one minute every day. We're doing that for the month of March. You can start today if you want, but we're starting officially for the month of March. And the last thing is prayer walking. And we love to be out in the streets of our city, walking around and asking God to restore it, to bring living water where it's needed to bless the businesses and the other churches and the homes that we see when we walk. And so we're starting a prayer walking group, and that's going to be the month of March. We're just going to try to have coverage for the entire month. How cool would it be if we had someone or two people walking around that neighborhood in Covington and praying every day of March? It'd be pretty powerful. Also kind of fun if the weather's good, right? And, and so here's the thing, like, first of all, you might be thinking, well, that sounds good, but I'm not Covington fam, you know, it's definitely not Austinburg. So two ways to address that. Come to Austinburg and pray and walk. Get a friend to do it with you. Or walk around your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors and local businesses and schools and maybe throw a prayer our way in the midst of all that, you know? Yeah, that's fair, right? Thanks, Jess. <laughs> and by the way, if you scan that QR code, I did test it, it works. Then it will just uh, put you in a queue. There's a separate GroupMe group. If you're not familiar with GroupMe, it's one of the ways we communicate as a, as a church. Um, and we'll just kind of like be walking around and here's a picture or here's what I felt like I was praying about or what I was using from the scriptures when I was praying. It's going to be so much fun, you guys. Don't even, you don't even understand it. You don't even understand it. Okay. So, 
I want to take one step back, and then we're going to enter into a time of ministry. That just means that we're going to have some time where we let the Holy Spirit kind of take control a little more, and we're going to pray for each other a little bit, okay? Don't worry. You don't have to receive prayer if you don't want it. Um, But I just want to tell a story about persistence from my life. It's going to make me cry, so... (laughs) It's going to make me laugh, cry, apparently. (laughs) It's about my grandpa (laughs) and um, my mom's dad. He was an amazing, soft-hearted man and also was an attorney who loved to debate. And he was a skeptic, especially regarding faith. And he was a holdout, despite prayer from our family for a really long time. We didn't love him any less. We loved him the same. Even after his wife, my grandma, found faith, he still was like, "Mm." But she passed after 66 years of marriage. And as it is often hard on the spouse that remains, his health began to decline. Um, And at age 90, he found himself at the end of his life. He lived a really amazing life. And my mom found herself at his bedside and asked if she could read him some scriptures. And the themes of the scriptures that came out, which were unplanned, had to do with forgiveness and repentance and life with Jesus. And at the end of the readings, he would say, amen. (laughs) At the end of them, and I think, I know my mom was like, well, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And then at one point, he just said the simple words, Oh, Lord, please accept me. Our family prayed for him for more than 40 years. And there were times when we forgot and we thought nothing was going to happen. when the list wasn't easy to find. And yet God met him in that request. He met him right there. And I get to see him again someday. (laughs) And I want to talk about that (laughs) when I see him, amongst other things. So there's good news. Not every story ends that way. Sometimes people come to Jesus right away, and it's amazing, and we share life with them. And sometimes it takes decades, and they use their last breaths to say, Lord, please accept me. So we're going to take some time now to just do some ministry. And the reason why we're doing this is because we believe God wants to talk to us today through each other through what we've just heard. And there's a few things that I think are really important for us to focus on. But let's start with this. Would you stand up? Shake it out a little bit if you need to, right? Sitting for a while. So, 
because we believe God is active and alive, because we believe he's speaking today, it didn't end a long time ago, because we believe he cares and loves us deeply, we take some time to be quiet. You guys are really good at that, as you, as you know. You're doing great. But it's just to listen. I've found that the Holy Spirit, who's active and available all the time, seems to be more active when we make room for him. <laughs> and sometimes in the program of church, it's hard to remember to make room. But we're just going to make some room right now. So if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you rest on us?